Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together. I rely on the Lord. I rely on him with my whole being. I wait for his assuring word. I yearn for the Lord more than watchmen do for the morning. Yes, more than watchmen do for the morning. Psalm 130, 5 through 6. One year during my Christmas break from college, I decided I wanted to earn some spending money. My family knew the owner of a local Chick-fil-A, and so he hired me for the two weeks that I was home. I signed on and eagerly launched myself into earning $8.25 an hour. Two weeks is not a very long time to train someone, so I didn't get any of the skilled jobs. I didn't bread the chicken or run the fryers. Instead, I assembled a lot of sandwiches and did a lot of cleaning. By my second day, it was lemonade day. Chick-fil-A's lemonade has gained supreme popularity because it's made from real lemons. There's no giant carton of powder that gets dumped into a cooler with some ice and water. Instead, we had crates and crates of real lemons stacked up in the back. My boss asked me first to cut the lemons. I got my knife and cutting board and attacked my task. There were hundreds of lemons. The task that I thought would be quick turned out to be a monumental exercise in drudgery. I would grab a lemon, slice it in half, throw the two halves into another box. Grab a lemon, slice it, toss it. Grab a lemon, slice it, toss it. Over and over and over again. The pile did not look like it was shrinking at all. Finally, after 90 minutes of just lemon slicing, I had found my way to the bottom of the pile. I grabbed the last lemon, sliced it, and declared victory. I found my shift supervisor and, with a beaming face, let him know that I had finished my lemon slicing marathon. Great, he responded. Now I need you to juice them. He pulled a heavy motorized juicer from the bottom shelf and set it on the counter. Here's the on-off switch and he walked away. The juicer worked on the same principle as that strange gadget that your grandma had to make orange juice. You would take your half of a lemon, press it down onto the ridged dome. But this little dome was motorized, however, and it spun so you didn't have to twist your fruit on it. The spout came off to the side so all the juice could flow into a pitcher. The whole thing had a cover to prevent juice from spraying everywhere with a gap for your hands to reach in with the lemon. I turned on the juicer, the little dome began to spin, and I began to press lemons onto it. I didn't mind the work too badly. It was boring, but I could do it. Then the owner walked by. He picked up the leftover rind of a lemon I had tossed away. He squeezed it in his fist and a few drops of lemon juice ran out. What is this? He demanded, pointing at the lemon juice. Lemon juice, I responded. By the way, just a side note, I hate it when people ask me questions to try to prove a point. Just tell me what you want. Don't ask questions that just make the both of us look stupid. No, it's not lemon juice, he said. It's money, and you don't care about it because you didn't have to buy the lemons. I need you to actually squeeze these lemons. Get all of the juice out of them. And he walked off. So I bore down on that lemon squeezer, and I squeezed those lemons. I would push on those lemons until they forgot they were lemons, and I looked up at the clock. Half an hour had ticked by. So I pushed and I squeezed and my hands started aching. Because of all the vibrations of the machine, your hands would lose some feeling. And I looked at the clock. Another half hour had gone by. So I squeezed more lemons and eventually lemon juice got inside my gloves. They found every tiny paper cut and hangnail and made my fingers sting like crazy. And I looked at the clock. Another half hour. It took my whole six hour shift to squeeze all the lemons. My hands were numb and aching. I was bored out of my mind and I've never seen a clock move so slowly. I thought it would never end. Psalm 130 talks about another boring job. It's that of the watchmen that guard a city at night. 
It's got to be even worse than squeezing lemons for six hours. It's an incredibly important job. Without the guards, an ancient city was helpless. Raiders and enemies could sneak in and wreak havoc before anyone had a chance to wake up and defend themselves. The job of the guard was to stay awake and stare at the surrounding countryside to see if anyone was coming. All night long. I imagine it was a job that occasionally got pretty exciting. Every once in a while, you got to see a war get started. Every once in a while, you got to be the hero of the whole town. But most nights, you just got to watch nothing. And you had to stay there until morning. You were waiting for that sun to rise more eagerly than a broke college student was waiting for 9 p.m. to roll around so he could stop squeezing lemons. That same kind of desperation is how the author of Psalm 130 describes his yearning for God. Nothing else will work. Nothing else can save him from his situation. Nothing else can bring him hope. It's only God. It's only his word, and it's only God's salvation. Too often, I think we get this backwards. We think God is waiting on us. We think that God is waiting for us to get things right, then he's going to move. We think that once we read enough scripture, pray enough prayers, and have enough faith, that God will move. And so we keep moving with frantic energy, trying to make sure that we're doing all the religious stuff right so that God will move in our situation. When exactly the opposite is true, I couldn't make that clock move any faster. The watchman can't make the morning come any sooner. The lemon squeezer and the watchman have been given a duty. Their job is to do their duty well until the shift is over. It's the same way with us believers. We've been given a job. We have been given orders from our leader, Jesus. And our job is to be faithful and continually execute on those orders until the day that he reveals himself. May he find us faithful. Let's pray. Dear Father, I'm waiting for you. I rely on you with everything I have. I will wait here and will continue to wait until you come and deliver us. You are my hope and my salvation, and I worship you. A few questions for you as we close out today. Would you describe yourself as waiting for the Lord? What are you waiting for? And how are you waiting? Do you fall into the trap of thinking that God isn't moving because you don't have something right? Where do you think this idea comes from? And lastly, how does Psalm 130 impact your mindset today? Have a great day. See you next time as we pray together.